we were set like yeah. we had our dinner like ready to go we had this podcast set up ready to go and then See, the guy knocks always so funny when we're thinking someone approaches we are like okay put all the window blinds down yeah. <laughs> put out the light okay <laughs> pretend you're not here if you're wondering it's not that nicole is cold she just like have her microphone off her forehead actually if you're wondering nicole is wearing this a lot in house in oh. the house all right well, now it's convenient <laughs> so we're going to talk about winter van life yeah which is really appropriate appropriate because we are at an altitude of 1500 meters just now in front of the ski lift in front of the ski lift a guy just knocked on the door <laughs> we thought oh no we were we were set like yeah. we had our dinner like ready to go we had this podcast set up ready to go and then See, the guy knocks always so funny when we're thinking someone approaches we are like okay put all the window blinds down yeah. <laughs> put out the light okay <laughs> pretend you're not here <laughs> imagine that guy just walks up here and just sees all the lights like yeah. <laughs> like go out immediately yeah we're bad at hiding plain sight even if we have the smoke going up but yeah yeah and also we started in full daylight to be camping style but yeah. to be fair now with the new blinds we are better than before i mean before we were really a christmas tree from the outside like <laughs> all the lights going out and now we are blocking it fully so that's okay true that but helps yeah. for the stealthiness the guy knocks so we turn off all the lights i open up because i you know by then i'd be like well i mean it's obviously we're in here, so let's not play a game of hide and seek. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so I I open up and go to my. Sh this is this is my tactic now. In when we're at, at least when we're abroad, like I start to speak English, even though I understand him speaking German, because I always think like, okay, so if he wants to send us away, like I'm gonna make it hard for him to do so. You know, because then you can play, like, because I know what he's saying, but he doesn't know that I know what he's saying. So you can kind of play that to your advantage. I yeah, feel. but it turned out completely different, right? Oh, man, he is like, <laughs> turns out he wasn't just having us a different parking spot. Yeah, like, because he asked, like, oh, how long are you going to stay? Yeah, and I was like, like oh, yeah, shit. Like, like one night and, and we're going to go skiing after we leave the mountain. Yeah, I'm a really bad person. Am I like, I start to, like, lie about the motor I didn't even know what I'm going to say. I just... Oh, yeah. You were already thinking about how, how we can stay. <laughs> then I, and then he asked you to to get into the car so he can show you the place where we're supposed to be parking. Yeah, <laughs> where he wants us to be parked. Yeah, he was actually thinking in our favor, which is crazy. So that people don't park us in and that we don't take too much space up. Yeah, because somewhere it's going to be sunny and then and a lot of people. Weather. So he thinks in like in terms of like, oh, I should help these guys. <laughs> Those poor van lifers in their truck. It's crazy, isn't it? Like this could even be an episode about like where we park. Maybe that's something for different. But yeah, this is like what because you mentioned it before. This happened before, like the... yeah, because the the time it happened before, we I, we needed to think about it a little bit. But to be fair, when uh, we got stuck in the mud, like two or three weeks ago, um, there were some people really helpful pulling at it us out obviously otherwise we would still be in the mud yeah but that guy yeah but that guy came up was like oh what are you guys gonna do for the next like are you gonna staying or are you leaving what is your plan we're like now we we're planning to stay for the weekend to go skiing like here he's like oh what you need to do 
just go 50 meters down the road, like behind that <laughs> restaurant with the pizzeria. You need to park there. There's loads of other vans. It's really nice. And like, this guy is like what? a this guy is a, a parking dude. Like he's supposed to run the parking, and he just yeah, he is an employee of Bergban, so yeah. the official lift lift guys, the lifties. Yeah. But I saw him the days after managing all the cars coming in and leaving in the morning and then in the evening. So he at least had at least a good overview already where it's useful to be parked. Yeah, and it's crazy because most places I don't I don't know this one in particular, but most places have a uh, no camping allowed sign. Uh, in general, where we are at the moment, it's really hard to find uh, free parking spaces. But then the yeah. people we meet. They've, they're they're super, okay with it. Like they're super they're even helpful. Used to it. Actually, <laughs> he, he sent. He just sent. He just uh, sent me to like the other camper van. So I we didn't even know there's another camper van up there. So he's like, oh, one of these guys, you can park here. So it's funny. Like these. I I. So okay. So my theory is that, um, obviously they're not gonna promote this in, you know, whatever way because there are like campsites here and they start sometimes with prices as crazy as six euros a night, if not even crazier. For campsites? Yeah. Um, well, they don't start at that rate, but like, it's pretty common to be asking 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. the campsites, we, we check that. So, imagine, I mean, so they can't open this place to, you know, be like, yeah, yeah. you can camp here for free. But, I mean, we are, we are at 1,500 meters high we drove all this way like what is he gonna do send us back to the back you know like yeah that's he also could. a bit hard he could. i mean who cares but you know what i think is the difference is i think that in summer these places need a camping is not allowed site because it's i think super cramped over here with campers that try to park everywhere for free that's my feeling oh this is my feeling oh, that so in summer, summer, yeah, I think all those signs pop up in summer because it's so much more common to I be around so. with a camper trying to sneak in a free night here and there. True, in, but we're at like a ski resort, so I don't know if it's but is these as resorts, popular. Yeah, these resorts are super popular in summer. Okay. So well, especially, I, I yeah, this Aksamalitsam is for sure also a place where there's a lot of downhill things mm. and... I know also that uh, Hintertux is also super popular in summer for hiking. So there's a lot of going on in summer and it's way more cramped in summer in these places. So I can imagine and I can because also the lifts are cheaper, I think, in summer for a ride um, compared to the winter. So I think now this is at least my theory is what they're also thinking about is these guys are staying here to ski. So we also earn money on them being parked here. Yeah, I hope so. That's what I told him. It's like, no, we're skiing. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, for sure we're yeah. skiing. So yeah, anyway, that was happening now. We're in Austria, by the way. <laughs> in Tirol. Maybe that's also a different <laughs> thing. Because I feel like sometimes Tirol might be a own little Austrian thing. Yeah. So regarding winter fan life, that might be then a good thing that you mentioned. Like, well, at least there are less camper vents around because nobody is well don't say nobody but like not so many people are as crazy to go in their camper or whatever so less people so that's a good thing about winter van life i would say 
Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's a good thing. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, there's less of an... There's not going to be a raid of the police coming and sending away 50 campers. That's which the thing. Which you kind if of have a lot of yeah. times and different places. I mean, now it's just the two of us, the other camper dude up there and we... I mean, this is manageable, but imagine like having 50 now and they block the, the guests for tomorrow. I mean, that that's a problem. Yeah, then I, I think then the province will probably make the choice either to make it paid yeah. or just to be super strict. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think like be at places where there are lesser numbers is a good thing because we, or at least I experienced the opposite in Portugal in the where the weather was nice and the and the campers were just all over the place and that just long story short it just ruined it for everyone because uh so that shouldn't happen here yeah but at the same time i mean to be really honest i always imagine i think the perfect image and idea and expectation of van life is that one drone shot going up you have a lot of camper vans parked in a really nice way next to the beach. Remember how we did it with the crew of the people we met in Sardinia eventually. Yeah. We were literally in that parking spot, parked in a circle in the middle of the parking spot, yeah. taking all the space. Yeah, but the good thing was we, even there, we were off season. Yeah, but still, I mean, this is not the point I'm making. It's more that I want to say, now it's also lonely. It's not the image you're having when you're van lifing, right? Like your image is, oh, you have a couple of vans parked together. You're doing a bonfire together. You have a nice evening thing together, uh, after surf, whatever thing going on. And that's definitely not the case here because after four o'clock, it's done. It's done. True. In most places, remember the guys at the, the other one where we were stuck, they were having a bonfire. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was unique. <laughs> Maybe we didn't meet the right people yet. No, That's also that was, true. I mean, there is crazy. some people. We thought we were like super sneaky next to the garage thing. And then, you know, one, we have a neighbor that turns on his, what was it? His uh, like a... generator. Yeah, his generator next to everyone yeah. else. <laughs> like crazy loud. Like you hear it like all over the place. And then we walk a bit further and there are these like, Guys. Four or five guys parked up having a bonfire. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's different everywhere. And I guess as soon as word goes around that it is all right, you know, like people like these, like they don't mind. I mean, then, you know, it, it spreads. To be really honest, I'm wondering whether winter van life ever will be as popular as camping and going on a van trip in summer and with milder and summery climates. I mean, also the guys that now with a bonfire, I felt like they're having that one ski vacation and they just choose instead of going to a hotel, they choose to do it in their camping because they own already one. And then they do one week and then they leave to, for home. I don't feel like a lot of people do this for a season like what we are doing right now. What do you think? 100%. Hmm. Yeah, 100%, because I think, um, well, first, what we're doing is quite specific, as in, we are in this area. I mean, if it wasn't for snowboarding, we probably wouldn't be here just for fun. 
Oui, oui. No, too, uh, too much of a hard area, I would say, in general. Yeah, and people, even though they don't surf, they go to the beach, sort of. So, so I feel like what we're doing is like a bit more specific to some people that are actually seeking this destination for a purpose instead of just like most van livers, I would say, just go somewhere where it's nice. That's it's at least nice here. Maybe that's also a bold statement. Most people go where it's nice and we're in Tyrol. <laughs> <laughs> nice in terms of sunny, warm. You have a shitty camper van anyway, so no insulation. Who cares? Who cares? Single glass. <laughs> you want to meet some people, so you just park up to yeah. you know, the hundred other van livers over there. I mean, this is different. Yeah. I mean, we haven't. We have one family in two months or so that we've met. That we spoke to. Yeah. As in, in terms of like other van livers. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't met any. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. There's that one guy that lives at the campsite in Innsbruck that just doesn't want to speak with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. But apart from the, am I the main reason why we are doing winter van life? Yeah. Hmm. Would you have considered yourself being a winter person before coming to winter van life? Hmm. I don't. I don't know exactly what that means. Being a winter person. I mean, when I was younger, I was really into snowboarding. I mean, we both were. I got, you know, the the instructor license, and but then that faded away. I guess mostly because also the whole shenanigans around the tourism. Um, no, I was just getting fed up. Like when, when I started snowboarding more in only on the slopes, I was just getting fed up with these luxury people that start complaining in a in a <laughs> row and stuff. I don't know. I didn't like the vibe. I thought like, this is crazy. Mm. Like we are the richest of the rich. We're like sliding down a mountain on a piece of wood for fun in an area that is like, you know, it's crazy to have these things in the mountains. And we're complaining, you know. Mm. And all in all, and I, I lost a bit of my passion for snowboarding. I let it go for a really long time until I met you and we're doing this trip now. So, yeah, I don't know. If it wasn't for you, I, I wouldn't have done the, the whole winter van life. Mm. Do you think... You still would have done van life, but then some more climates. Yeah, more more likely. I mean, mm. that's what I did, you know, yeah, before I met you. Yeah, but I mean, still, like, with this rig and everything, imagine that it wouldn't be me being, okay, I want to go snowboarding. Yeah, I would say so, because mm. especially with the knowledge now, um, if it wasn't for you and if I was alone... That's one of the questions I had for you, but now I'm answering it myself. If if it if I was alone traveling in this van, you know, for all the reasons that it's so much harder to meet people in 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 winter, mm. um, I guess for all the obviously reasons, it's cold outside, so we're inside. You know, it's it's getting dark real soon, so everybody leaves to their home. It's it's hard, especially in the van life. It's hard to have people over because most vans is kind of hard to 
facilitate it's not that you have like a blanket and you sit outside of the van you know and and people have their door opens and, and you can just say hi to everyone no it's completely different and that would if it wasn't for you like that would leave me lonely i guess yeah, still did i guess in a way in a way it still did yeah so we we anyway we had to yeah but so imagine if it wasn't for you then i would be just one week and i would be sad little jonathan mm. in his van yeah i'm also wondering whether i would have enjoyed hardcore winter van life for a full season with a ski pass for a full season alone yeah that was my question imagine having this van for some reason you ended up with this van alone would this you do one. The, yeah would you do and you could drive it and all these things like all these practical things would you do things different now I think a huge difference would be I would have a smaller van where I'm more comfortable with because then I'm alone. But okay, that's besides the topic. Um, yeah, really good question. I can imagine that I probably I can imagine that I would have also opted more for going to Tarifa, something more south for summer. But I can also imagine that I would have tried. Could have gone both ways. Why? Well, definitely Tarifa because I still would have kitesurfing. Yeah, no, so, why Why winter van life alone? Yeah, because of the snowboarding. Mm. Yeah, for sure, because of the snowboarding. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason. And probably, probably I would get my ass more up to go touring. Alone <laughs> more, I guess. Mm-hmm. And start to try more, also that kind of things. Mm. But I noticed somehow, also around the city now, it's not going as easy to connect to people as I hoped, I think. I know. No. I don't know. There is a mentality thing, apparently I'm very used to in the Netherlands now, of I don't know why people seem more open and more curious about you. And then they also ask back a little bit and get more in a conversation and stuff like that, mm. that I feel Austrians, maybe especially, especially Tyrolean guys are more reserved. People are more doing their own thing. And once you're popping up like more than two times, mm. then they start asking questions about you. Maybe because it's winter. Everyone is depressed, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, and I think the guys that you've met so far within the film world are different. Yeah, I'm having a great time in the city, yeah. Hmm. How did we prepare for this? I mean, we knew from the get-go because of your previous ex ex experience that we would do winter van life. What would you say, like, how do we, pre like, what did we do good in our preparation and what did we do really bad in our preparation? We did two heat sources. I think that's good. That one is failing, you have a second to rely on. Yeah, being the diesel heater and the wood stove. Yeah, also like the wood stove because it creates really dry heat, which is, I think, really nice for this room, actually. Yeah. In terms of moisture and, yeah, condensation slash humidity mm. in the room mm. 
we build our water tank inside. I think that's great. Yeah. So from the get go, at least that main source did doesn't freeze. Yeah. We built the interior quite in a spacious way in terms of feeling wise. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's makes winter van life where you're inside a lot, a lot more easier, like a lot easier. Mm, we have double glass. Yeah. With no condensation. So that's good. And I find it surprisingly well insulated, like surprisingly. Yeah, for sure. We thought a lot about a lot of things. I mean, I even researched just in case for the shower, the anti uh, freezing anti freeze, liquid. which is biologically 100% biologically degradable. Yeah, I want to say that what we did really shitty in the end is our plumbing for the gray water because <laughs> yeah. everything froze. And yeah. now we have basically no gray water tank and all our plumbing that went outside is cut off. We needed to cut it because we had like this huge clog up, yeah. which was all frozen up. Yeah, like in the first, whenever we had like the first snow, the first freezing, that immediately went out of the yeah the window. And then I went a bit crazy about it. And then I even said, okay, we need to fix it in a way that we are able to do to plug it in and plug it out. Anytime yeah. we we are in places where we can't just let it go. <laughs> and that even didn't work really well. So we no. really need to find a solution for the summer again. Yeah. And next season. So we need to learn in that one. So I would say that's a huge tip for people listening and, and if they want to do winter van life, like really like plan your plumbing. Every liquid or at least water that is outside will will freeze. And that's just how the way things are. Like you don't even yeah. have to Yeah. So that and was a mistake. And it's hard to keep it from freezing. Mm. so so here's a question like if you uh with the knowledge we have now that indeed our entire plumbing under the van would freeze what would you have how would you have designed it like how would you have designed yeah, a gray water i think i would have actually had two gray water tanks outside no i would actually probably put one gray water tank under the shower directly uh. which is small so we would lose our storage above the shower Mm. which is not great but okay and then we would have put the um one small gray water tank which would i'm not sure what you could fit in there underneath but yeah basically the same space we had above i would put under mm. our shower mm. interesting and have it then inside mm. yeah this is what i would have done probably and then this would be one gray water tank and then we would have another gray water tank for this sink. Mm. And I'm super glad we don't have an extra sink or another freaking water source. I mean, a lot of people have even an extra sink in their bathroom. So you need True. to think about that one as well. But yeah, I would have separated it into two tanks probably. True. I don't really care that, <laughs> that the water just like, I mean, yeah, it works like this. So maybe for the background, because I'm always really embarrassed when, especially when we are now in a campsite, because now we need to, because of our electricity, we need to charge up yeah. about 
every seven to ten days. And yeah. then we're in a campsite around the city and then we need to just let go of our grey water just down. And yeah. I prefer to be close to a drain that it's not so obvious that it goes running through like over the pavement across all the other camp events. And I'm always embarrassed about like when you're showering because it uses a little bit of more, more water going to, to the neighbors. But to be honest, yesterday I noticed that like everyone is doing it there. Oh, really? Because everyone apparently has a free problem. It's funny. You see that. I don't even see that. I don't even, I don't care that much. Like, of, of course, I do care that we don't drop shit like on the ground. That's like not good for nature. But as long as we are thoughtful about that, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it works like this. Speaking of like you, you mentioned the, um, the solar. That is a big difference between uh, winter van life and like, I would say normal summer van life. Like, good luck for winter people being off the grid. I mean, we have 2,000 watts of solar. We have a battery bank, which we invest a lot of money in. And we run yeah, out of but electricity. To be honest, the only issue here is that we build our setup in a way that we would be working and editing inside. True. And then we build in a lot of electricity sources that use a lot of electricity like the home assistant part like the smart home this is the main point yeah i'm thinking this <laughs> I was uses say, like, that's the, we don't it's not too crazy like really good luck for people doing this because it's because just i did it with my friend before and we never charge up we didn't no, okay, need to because you guys we were, you guys were wild yeah, I mean, we used no electricity whatsoever. Yeah. We didn't have, like, everything was frozen. We didn't have a fridge. <laughs> the fridge was basically the camper itself because we had a lot of frozen food eventually, actually. We put, actually, our food into the fridge so it wouldn't freeze. <laughs> and that didn't even work sometimes. But, so we used, like, literally no electricity. The only electricity we used was a couple of hours, a little bit of light. And that light uses nothing. Yeah. And then even sometimes we have battery lights. So yeah, that was crazy. That's true. Because also we were charging our phones a lot of times outside the van. Like in public places, in public toilets, in public. When we went on a ski slope for a break, we would charge our phones, stuff like that. And we didn't use a laptop because we didn't work. Yeah, that was different, wasn't it? I mean, that yeah. was that was for you was I would I would consider a long holiday, and this is more like yeah, it's a long time, long long term trip, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So this is different. Yeah. So that is definitely winter van life without plugging in or having a diesel generator. A generator, not a diesel generator. I learned a generator is pretty tough. That's yeah. why you have a lot of people having a generator. Yeah. Yeah, we even thought about it. Yeah, now it doesn't make sense. But if you would be not around the city, yeah. If you could choose only winter van life or only summer van life. No. Yeah, that, that was the question I wrote down for you. But that was good. That's a good question because it's really hard. Yeah, you have to choose. I have to choose mm -hmm. for the rest of my life? For the rest of your van life. 
So I'm going to share something that I never shared with you before. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about it the other day, whether I would want to start a family in this van. And I was like, okay, if that's going to happen, I really would like to try to do it in this van. But then summer climates. Why? Because it makes it so much easier. And then there would be a pregnancy, a birth, a kid, a, like a baby, a kid, like around in winter. Oh, no, I can't <laughs> imagine that one. Yeah, I prefer. Then I'm thinking I would like to maybe skip a couple of years of winter van life till the kid is able to do something. Mm. Or you we do apartments in between or something. But. You have the whole outside to explore. You are all like the worst is a couple of hours of rain, couple of bad weather days. But in general, you would have way more. It feels bigger the whole time. True. Like the cliche that the outdoor is your garden. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's just true. Let's be honest. It's just true. Yeah. And. Well, if I'm thinking about like putting another human being into the world in this space, probably I would skip winter van life a little bit. Hmm. Interesting coming from you. That would be a big sacrifice then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> also, I feel that a lot like mm. as a big sacrifice. Mm. That would be an interesting topic for a podcast. Starting a family or doing <laughs> yeah. big sacrifices? Starting a family, like speaking about like future stuff. Well, maybe we just skip that topic and once it's that far, <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah, funny. Never heard you say that. But yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. I mean, I don't know for you, but I don't feel too much of a... Um discomfort uh factor that we're now in because in winter yeah i mean because in in summer this mm. this can be really hot <laughs> remember and then we like open that like door and that door and then you have a different uh challenge Problem, yeah you know and now it's the cold but i mean we're you know in general i mean i'm making that that video about the preparation for winter van life and i think besides um the gray water which even oh i'm sorry which even i don't um care about that much i think we did a fantastic job i mean we are right now doing this podcast at an elevation of 1500 meters we don't even have the diesel heater on we just like sit at the fireplace you know yeah. this is we're doing really good and i I mean, you're cold at night, but I I sleep like a baby at night, and we didn't have anything to freeze inside. Yeah, so it was I... the same temperature as you grew up with <laughs> <In my house. laughs> at night. <laughs> so I think, like, if you compare this what we have now to your previous uh, van experience, that was just barbaric. Is that the word? <laughs> compared to this one? I mean, cruel. I it mean, was cruel. And I guess my point is, like, if you know you're gonna do winter van life and you prepare for it, I think it's really doable yeah i think it's really doable yeah i think but it's more than doable i think it's it's in the end not even a big deal actually but no. if you ask me 
for the rest of my band life career and then yeah. thinking about also future things then yeah yeah I probably choose summer yeah i guess yeah i guess me too but that we already knew that <laughs> <laughs> yeah what happened to your romantic idea of you standing in front of that window yeah, that's with the happen. chocolate hot chocolate that's still, that's still gonna happen i mean that's the whole thing and maybe that's another question i had you uh, for you about the what is the you think the biggest misconception about van life but while you think about that like so my I mean, image of winter fair life is something really romantic. I mean, yeah. snow outside, you know, warm inside. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. I had this idea that I would be like in my wardrobe standing to our big ass glass window with my pantoffles. How do you call these things? Slippers. The warm house things. Slippers? House slippers? House slippers. I would stand like watching the snowfall and i would be next to my crackling fire holding a cup of warm chocolate milk yeah maybe i guess that's the most common one i'm not sure because for me another thing in general i think a huge misconception about van life is that no one of us ever works and it's one big holiday in general mm. <laughs> And I think winter van life supports that even worse. Mm. So that the only thing you're doing is snowboarding all day and don't work or do anything from society seen as adding value. And I think there's for sure some people that do that also and that they do seasons in summer and then they take all the free time in winter which i fully understand because i've been there done that but that's not true for sure in our case even more than ever so no imagine people doing winter van life without snowboarding or skiing or having a hobby with that what would they do yeah. That's the same question I have with like summer van life. Like, what these I mean, I have do? that question for everyone who does van life, and I also know <laughs> very little people that keep up van life without a bigger purpose of a hobby or anything. Like I know a couple of, yeah. oh, I feel like I know a couple of people that put their dog as a main focus. <laughs> yeah, you need something as a main focus, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> their dog. I, yeah, their dog. <laughs> As that's in, the purpose okay as in like for their social media or just like no because they like, want their dog to have a really good life yeah i could i don't want to mention names now i don't feel comfortable about that one but um, yeah so because there's not a different reason why you would do van life and not wow. work yeah, I guess. Or work too much. Mm. The dog becomes central. So you, because you need to walk the dog, you need to feed the dog, you need to groom the dog, you need to train the dog. I don't know. You need to do everything. Yeah, the dog needs to go to the great outdoors. Exactly. On the mountains. <laughs> Stuff like this. <laughs> That's crazy. But I guess that, you know, it makes the point that you do need some purpose, at least, at least in my experience, you need some some 
some reason like what would you be doing throughout the day what would like drive your decisions to go from point a to point b i mean, it's so different at the end of the day there's also quite a few that just enjoy a different coffee shop every day again and yeah. we ask that question yeah. and people are generally really us. really excited about that different yeah. coffee in a different place but it's kind of the same coffee in just a slightly different place yeah but even that is a purpose i mean yeah, I mean, it's a purpose. Yeah. It's just kind of different. I never got that one. I tried. I never got it. So I got hobbies. A lot of them. Yeah. To make me move. <laughs> From yeah. place to place. But anyway, like, what do you think is the biggest misconception about van life? Did you already answer that question? I tried a little bit in the beginning when I said, yeah. I think it's the same as in general of being the vagabond person mm. that just never adds any sort of value to the society by just shredding the mountain and making that their purpose mm. maybe i think if you're thinking of the eternal beauty for snowboarding maybe that is the biggest misconception of van life this as well of the only thing you're doing is snowboarding mm. or skiing for that purpose yeah I feel that one, but I'm not sure. I'm still waiting for the moment that I'm standing in my bathrobe, looking outside. <laughs> Didn't happen yet. Yeah. We're close, though. We're close, though. Today was really close. We even had the thing open. There was just no snow. Otherwise, I would have made my shot. And but we are not a 4x4. Four four. We are not a crazy, crazy truck that you can just put up with snow chains on four, four wheels to then put it into the middle of the forest. No. Also... No, you would have been crazy no. before. Yeah. I mean, there was not missing a lot to be stuck today again. What was your uh, scariest point up until now? Wow, nice question. I mean, we had some. I don't know. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call them gnarly situations, but I knew you were a bit. What was your What was your scariest moment? Now I want to know about those gnarly situations you're referring to. I mean, we're stuck in the mud. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, that I, I didn't feel that to be really scary. That was my lowest point. Yeah, I it was a low drove, point. Like, normally I would say, like, I'm quite considerate about, like, where... I mean, up to I date... I don't agree at all. Up to date, I have never crashed... I have never. Sure. Every time your argument, I disagree. But it is like, the best yeah, argument. True. Like I've never. So I have a clean record. But now I don't know what over. I think we wanted to ski that day, and I thought, you know, whatever. I just, <laughs> I just, I drove in a field. I disagree. I drove in a snowy, muddy yeah. field, and we were stuck immediately. And then we had to spend the entire day getting out. Getting but out. To be honest. That I don't agree point. that you are considerate a lot of times. You can be impulsive. That was one of those impulsive decisions of, ah, whatever. True. But that one actually, like... In shopping, I, I would say in general, you're having the overview and you're doing great and you kind of calculate a lot with what other people do. But there is some of those impulsive decisions. I think one of those were today as well, where you thought like, fuck everyone. I just go on that road. And everyone needs to go around me. And everyone stopped, obviously. <laughs> that was impulsive. But okay, we're big, so people eventually go around us. 
But yeah, anyway, like that was a gnarly point, like being stuck in the mud. But what was your... Yeah, funny, because I didn't feel it was so gnarly because I felt the whole time, yeah, whatever, we're going to sleep here. And we're not in the way of anyone. <laughs> we're going to sleep here? <laughs> yeah. We were in the middle of the field. Yeah. Like... It was shit, but it was okay. <laughs> I felt like we will... Eventually, someone needs to pull us out. Yeah. Which, mm. which they did. A tractor yeah, came and yeah. they pulled us out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scariest moment. Hmm. I was super nervous driving to the first glacier. Intertux, yeah. Super was, nervous. Oh, was also, it was the first time ever in combination with, because we had that one gnarly situation where we tried to park for the night after driving again. Mm -hmm. So it was the travel from the north of the Netherlands to Austria and we just checked for a place and it was quite up the hill. It was quite steep actually for us, but mm. just a little bit. And we had this one crazy moment of black smoke coming out of our engine. Yeah, that was gnarly. Thing and was not really nice and we panicked a little bit, but we yeah. got to the place eventually. I lost all the power going uphill. Oh yeah. Luckily it was just before this turn. Otherwise yeah. I don't know if we had made that hill. Yeah. And so then, yeah. I felt I felt that was scary. Yeah. And then the drive down, I felt also super scary because we didn't know whether. Yeah, I needed to learn how to drive the truck downhill. Oh, that was also really scary. Yeah. That was on the highway it was actually. On the highway, and we and, and we, we were we were, were not spitting up, oh. spitting up, and I didn't really know how to, I, you know. You can't I mean, put the brake on 12 tons after your 110 kilometers an hour. No, it makes me kind of <laughs> sound stupid, but really in that moment, like having a, you know, driving a truck without like a lot of experience and then it being a um, automatic, it was just, it was just different. Mm. And I just realized for the first time, like, oh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time now, like lowering the speed. Like, luckily that was like a straight rope. But then I had to learn how to drive. Remember like these first, yeah, that was, that was. Yeah, I think those were the scariest moments for me eventually. Yeah. And maybe one scary moment was driving out of the big industrial hall where we built the whole truck. Oh yeah. It was really tight. Yeah. And really narrow. Yeah. <laughs> and way narrower than we thought. And the first time thought. I'm driving this thing. Yeah. Really <laughs> it was really. So yeah. I think those are my top three. Yeah. Sure. What an adventure, eh? Yeah. But we are getting so much better. It's also funny how, how fast we are now I guess pushing the, the limit. For me, the scariest thing is when, when driving something like this is you haven't reached its limit. So you have no idea where its limit is. So you constantly think like, oh, would this be it? You know? Mm. didn't share with you but i even thought like today like how long are we able to drive in the second gear up you know without stuff overheating or whatnot you know it's just in the back of my mind because we haven't reached that point because when we reach that point we know that everything probably before this point is safe but we have no idea we have no experience mm. in these really gnarly situations we only knew that okay i have to you know switch the truck to manual so it doesn't like because that that we learned. probably uh, was the mistake that why we got black smoke because the automatic was constantly because this is a Dutch van like little does this Dutch van knows 
about mountains. So it would just be like, oh yeah, go to the fourth gear now. And then a hill comes up and it needs to go back and then it's all confused and stuff. And so now I put it in many gear and that's something we've learned. I really appreciate you didn't share with me your thoughts today on the drive. <laughs> I, I, I would have probably went up in the Not only wall. do I have to like drive good, <laughs> I have to pretend that everything is okay just to make my co-pilot feel easy. No, but your co-pilot was not always on her best today. No, that's true. That's all right. I need to admit that one. That's that's all right. How do you enjoy driving in the mountains in general? Oh, I love it. For me, okay, so that's something like, and also if people consider getting a truck, I would highly, I think it really helps that I enjoy when it gets difficult. Like you get really nervous and I'd be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Sort of because mm. it for me then is a puzzle that I that I have to uh, figure out. But I always start with the idea like, oh, we, you know, this is gonna work, but let's see how it's gonna work. And then I learn something new, or I always like when I don't know a bus or something stops for me. Then I feel like part of, you know, the taken seriously as a truck driver. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. So so that is something I guess is is helps a lot. Because I think if you don't have that and you get nervous in in every situation, then oh, good luck! Like, yeah, there's that one YouTube video of that one girl doing van life, and she explains that along the way of van life, she developed more and more of a driving anxiety. Mm. That she got so it didn't mm, get better. It didn't get better. It got worse oh. to the point that every time you need to drive, it it's actually uh, it's a yeah. huge thing. And yeah. mm. I don't agree. I agree with her. Obviously, it happens. But for me, I feel like I'm getting better to be chill in the situations. But I'm not even close to your level of chill. And especially not the mindset of being like, oh, this is cool. I'm like. Yeah, but, ah! but to be honest, that's because I'm driving and I ah, yeah. I see the mirrors. I feel the engine. I kind of, you know, I, yeah, maybe until now I have like nine months of experience, like what the trick. So that is, you have no idea. Like even, I think like, I'm getting also chiller co-pilot. 100%. Give me some credit here. No, 100% you're doing good. (laughs) No, but in your defense, like I will be more scared co-piloting, you know, because even today, like I know we were in second gear going up. I know I can switch down to one gear and steal power. You don't know. I know. Your head probably goes like, well, it feels like we're lowering power. Like we're not going to make this hill, you know, but so that's, that's, that's different. Um, But I think a lot of situations also, especially when we got stuck in the mud, I was helpful eventually. Like I was not being like, oh, we don't get out. We will die here. No. For me, there's a huge, the the biggest difference is the general mindset in the beginning. I think I'm more scared and you are more of a, let's do the challenge. I think we're balancing each other out perfectly in that regard. Yeah. I think I push you and I think you hold me back at really crucial points <laughs> so yeah we wrap it up here yeah. have some food cool see y'all <laughs> <laughs>